Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. You can follow us on Instagram at GaysRevoltingPod, or join our Facebook group at The Gays Are Revolting. And if you'd like to support the podcast and listen to our after shows, head over to patreon.com forward slash GaysRevoltingPod for a heap of extra content. Hey boys, Hello. how are we? Good. We nice see you again Turn without Mikey. Bye. We do still know Mikey. We've been seeing gorgeous pictures from his travels yeah. overseas. I haven't. I blocked him. Oh, <laughs> no, <joking. laughs> I block people as soon as they come overseas. I don't want to see that shit. Smart. Uh. Yeah. Um, so first off, we have Kyle, and the only thing shallower than his personality is probably his family's gene pool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen his family Instagram? <laughs> there's, there's, there's not a lot going on oh, in there. Wow. <laughs> and of course, we're also joined by Tom this week. Now, Tom is so old, archaeologists have actually uncovered cave paintings of his first ever hookup. <laughs> um, it took them a while because they couldn't actually figure out what was going on in those cave paintings. But um, we're glad to have you here. It was the ammo, the bottle of ammo <laughs> that gave it away, <laughs> etched into the rock. Historic. And of course, you, Luke. Oh, yeah. And there's me. My name's Luke. I've only cried four times today. So well so, done, darling. You're working you know, very hard. On personal best. And we're joined by a special guest, which is very exciting. One of our favourite drag queens in the whole wide world, Karen from Finance. Woo! Hello, Karen. How are you? Yay. Hi. I'm, you know what? I'm more excited to be here than you are to have me. Really? Absolutely. Oh, I'm I such a big fan that. of the show. And so exciting because you're not just a guest. You're a guest host for the whole episode You're hosting well. with us. I'm going to be here all night long. You're going to regret that decision. I'm so glad you've been such a wonderful supporter of the podcast. Thank you so much for that. And Thank we are you. thrilled to have you on here. Yeah. Has everyone had a good week? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, how was your week, Tom? I, I think yeah. we should start with the crutches in the room. The crutches, <laughs> the crutches in the room. Yeah. In the room. I, um, so I was hosting a Granny Bingo last night. I fractured my foot. It's kind of embarrassing. So, so naturally, you'll tell Once everyone. a month, I host this drag bingo night where I dress up as an old lady and all that sort of mm. stuff. And that's not the embarrassing part. No, that's not the embarrassing part. Yeah. Did the show last night and it was wonderful. And there was one table of people that we'd never seen before. And we kept making fun of them because they had like a really good sense of humor about it. So we just kept digging <laughs> at this one table and that sort of thing. And then afterwards, they come up to start chatting to us. And it turns out that they are a very well-known, very wealthy family, like 
we're talking oh. like names on stadiums kind of welcome. Oh, oh like So then Marvel afterwards stadium. they hung around and they were like, oh, um, you know, we want to book you for these gigs and that sort of stuff. And we're like, yeah, that sounds great. And they kept saying, have another drink, have another drink. And I was like, I am blind, like I'm <laughs> blind drunk. And then one of them was like, yeah, I just got us a round of shots. Let's have some shots and stuff. Anyway, I got to a point where I was like, shit, I need to go and just sort of sit down for a little bit. I might be sick or something like that. So I snuck backstage without telling anyone. And I was there for a little bit. I was like, no, no, the, the room is spinning. I need to, and I can drink. Thomas like you see me. That was a Monday a night. Monday night, I know. No. Anyway, so I was like, no, I need to lie down somewhere. I was like, shit, where can I lie down when no one's going to see me? I thought, well, the stage, we've closed the stage. We've closed the curtains yeah. on the stage. So I went onto the stage and just lay down on the stage and fell asleep. <laughs> and then apparently everyone was looking for me and they all thought oh, that I'd God. left. So then everyone leaves the bar and then the owner was cashing up and could hear snoring coming from the stage. <laughs> oh. So the owner like realized that I'd fallen asleep <laughs> on the stage and turned on the stage lights. So I wake up, jump up, freak out because I don't know where I am and just start running no. without realizing that I was on the stage, ran through the curtains and then <gasps> off the front of the stage and shattered my foot. Uh, Jeez, and it that's turns crazy. out, yeah, you're it's such a mess. <laughs> I'm a mess of a fucking human being. <laughs> yeah, I had to go to the hospital today and have x rays and all that sort of stuff. And it's fractured. I've got this moon boot on for four to eight weeks and it's a great um, conversation promised started. myself that I was never going to have another drink again. And here we are drinking with Karen Which, from Finance. Wow. Yes. I see you kind of like the cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz. You know, he runs away from the wizard and the emerald. Yeah. <laughs> at the end and jumps through that window yes absolutely yeah yeah, yeah ending a lot basically more. like that but at the age of six <laughs> less glamorous oh, less were glamorous. you still dressed as a granny no i had oh I god because that would be that hilarious yeah. i was like do yeah. we have cctv footage? yeah like, oh yeah so the, the owner ER. messaged me today and said that he's found cctv oh, footage can we post that no, on the case revolting clothes group if he ever posts it or sends it to anyone i'm never subscribe to our patreon and see the video of tom yeah no definitely not we'll get it there's some weird synergy here because i was in a primary school production of The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. And oh, my yeah. first ever, like, showgirls moment was someone was upstaging me as a tree <laughs> and I pushed him off the stage oh, and fractured his foot. It was now so I'm... embarrassing when I went to the hospital today because they were like, oh, have you been here before? I was like, I was remembering, I was like, shit, I have been here before. What was it for? I was like, oh, yeah, I got drunk and, and fractured my other foot <laughs> <laughs> like three years ago and went to the Royal Melbourne. And so they're like, the exact see you in a year. Yeah. It's evening yeah. yourself out, doll. I am, yeah, that's right. I've never broken or fractured a bone. It's crazy. Just so perfect. Yeah, yeah. that's so perfect. And you haven't lived life, that's why. Okay, okay, Tom. <laughs> the struggle with Kyle. <laughs> So as we said before, we're so super excited to have Karen from Finance with us. So happy to have you here. Welcome. And so glad that you'll be staying for the whole show as well. Thank you. Yes, I'm going to be here for the whole show. It's, yeah. so, it, it's so weird to put faces to the voices. Yeah. Even though yeah. I've seen oh. photos, I know what you will And we get a like. lot of comments about that. Yeah, yeah. We all sound the same. Yeah. I actually, I have something to admit. Luke, I have had such a crush on your voice for <gasps> no so way. long. Ugh. Yes, but I also feel like your voice and your personality and your face. I, this is not a read, I swear. <laughs> they like they don't in my mind they don't match up so to I'm looking forward to putting the three together tonight because <laughs> one of them I got on eBay oh, okay, cool. <laughs> the other one I stole from a young Filipino boy oh, <laughs> yeah. all right well I promise you any crush you have on him once you get to know him you will yeah. not have Disappear. any it's, it's going to diminish yeah, very absolutely. quickly okay sure We've got about an hour Karen. and if you crush the seashell necklace the voice goes back to the mermaid <gasps> yeah <laughs> oh, I haven't seen a seashell necklace since the 90s I actually did that. have one for a oh while. my god oh, i had <laughs> no. a giant conch necklace oh, that's so weird boy. 
uh, Karen. Karen, yes. Karen from Finance. Mm-hmm. Such an amazing director. Now, I've known you for years. We live and lived together for a little while. Mm-hmm. But there's a few things I realised I've never actually asked you about. First of all, best drag name in the world. Where did it come from? Uh, where did my drag name come from? Wow, it's such a stupid story, actually. Mm. But years and years and years and years ago, before I, before I was a drag queen, before I'd even thought about doing drag, before I even liked drag, I guess, <laughs> I was going to a house party on a Saturday. I was at the Selvos in Abbotsford. Mm-hmm. I was with some friends, and there was a rack of $15, like, gorgeous prom dresses for sale by the till mm. oh, and uh, my three friends and I thought we would buy one and wear it to the party because it would be funny mm. back then I had like a big massive long beard and yeah. piercing central I was the last person you'd expect to see wearing a dress to a party mm. so we wore them we got super wasted had a lovely time uh, and we were in the backyard and we started coming up with characters for who would have bought the dresses right. when they were brand new off the rack Yeah, my dress was pink like baby pink fluffy lots of flowers I decided that it belonged to someone called Karen who was desperately single, middle-aged, worked in finance and had nothing going for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, I born. kind of Yeah, we <laughs> left it there. But then, it was a few months later, uh, a friend had a 29th birthday party and the theme was Dolly, Denim and Diamantes. Uh-huh. And I thought, great, I love Dolly Parton. Yeah. I'm going to go in drag for the very first time. I'm going to shave my beard. I'm going to get right <laughs> into it. I spent hours getting ready. I looked like an absolute clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I turned up at the party. I looked so different that they didn't know who I was. Oh, wow. And mm. they, so when they asked, they said, who are you? The first name that came to mind was Karen from finance yeah. oh. but it wasn't until much later that night once again wasted dancing mm-hmm. on the dining room table <laughs> I overheard someone say who is that on the table and the response was that's Karen from finance and it was at that yeah. moment like, that it has a nice ring that's got a ring to it's it so good. Yeah. Karen's life sounds like my real life when I think about it now we just got a few questions uh, to start off with for our audience members some of them might not be familiar with your work mm-hmm. if imagine they're... if we mix up the questions for Dr. George from last week <laughs> But this is what you came from, like, so Karen. Foreskin stretching. <laughs> hey, we can talk about whatever you like. <laughs> uh, now, you're known for performing uh, hilarious mashups and spoken word numbers, including, I think the first time I ever saw you perform was mm-hmm. doing this number. It was Julia Gillard's iconic misogyny speech, and it was at, I think it was Trot? No, no I was it was called that part was a Pandora's box party. That's right, downstairs hosted by in the Godzilla city. Yeah. and Olympia Bukakis. Yeah. yeah, it was Liberty Social and yeah. Flinders Lane. It used to be, and I rem- that's right. And mm. it was like three in the morning or something, and yeah. everyone was like munted, fucked up, <laughs> and all of a sudden the fluoro lights get flicked on. Oh. Karen from Finance walks out on stage <laughs> and perfectly lip syncs Julia Gillard's misogyny speech. Oh god! And this was only like days after she- Julia had done it, so you must have sat there studying it for days. Yeah, and it was the most weird. Like everyone was just like cooked. And then this drag queen comes out and just perfectly does it. That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, what, what's your process for putting together these amazing spoken word performance numbers that you do? Oh, well, first of all, thank you. I'm glad you like them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you like them. I, I started performing quite late in life mm. and I put it off because it's something that I always wanted to do, but I felt like I didn't, like I wasn't a performer. I had mm. nothing to offer. And drag is only something that offered itself to me later in life. I used to be such a big fan of burlesque. And I remember mm. sitting and I'm watching these girls perform in these sequin gowns, like not singing, not dancing, not yeah. anything, just being beautiful. Mm. And I thought, wow, I wish I could do that one day. It's a good <laughs> gig if you can get <laughs> Yeah, it. yeah. And then drag came just after. I was like, oh, wow, maybe I can do this. Lip syncing is, is so much fun, but I still feel like there's a deep dark part of me that feels like because I'm not 
actually singing or because I'm not actually mm. dancing, I'm not giving enough. Yeah, right. And so for me to get up and just do like a straight song, I feel like I'm I'm cheating the audience or I'm cheating mm. myself. So when I think of what I want to perform, I feel like there has to be a secondary uh, reason mm. for doing it. So that I want to I want to have a message or I want to have a joke or there's got to be there's got to be something Try to something make else it in there. Yeah. interesting. Yeah, because I really like performing in the cabaret circuits, mm-hmm. um, maybe even more so than like the typical drag nightclub circuits and I can't dance. I, yeah. like, oh, I <laughs> but can there's I- also, I mean, look, each to their own and there is definitely a, a, a place for the drag queens that just want to get out there and do the exact same moves as Beyonce and look exactly like Beyonce. <laughs> oh, totally. embody that. But for me, I would much pr- prefer going along and watching you do a number where it's, it might be a Beyonce song where you've mixed in clips from a YouTube viral video of someone trying to sing along cut in between the two. I think there's something much more mm. entertaining when you're adding in that extra la- level of yeah, comedy. Yeah, that element of the unexpected, isn't yeah. it? I mean, as much fun as it is to watch that, it's so much fun to perform it yeah. and see that shift in people's face or even just like perform in front of a crowd where someone's staring at you like what's going on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the rose petals under the wig uh, sort of moment yes. yeah sure sure yeah. I mean you know actually that's a, such a great thing to bring up because I still don't get it like it doesn't make any sense right like rose what, having rose petals under your wig yeah, yeah. it doesn't have <laughs> no. anything to do with the it song it was just pretty or, and unexpected it was just pretty and unexpected <laughs> yeah. yeah but everyone loves it and they're obsessed actually I've got to tell you oh it was a have couple of years ago I won't say who she was but I saw a queen just after Sasha did that try and replicate that oh, moment no. but with glitter oh. Um, oh, but boy. this queen lifted her wig into her eyes I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how she did this but she forgot to take the glitter and the confetti out of the bag that she bought it oh. in and so when her wig came off this bag just fell onto oh, the no. floor <laughs> and it was such an anti-climax oh, one of the funniest oh. things I've ever that, seen that's great oh, I mean it worked out in the end because yeah. it would have been hilarious yeah, oh, it's memorable yeah I'd yeah. see that it's memorable when drag goes wrong <laughs> yeah, oh. uh, I follow Drag Race pretty religiously mm-hmm. and like to a Nancy Drew unhealthy level. <laughs> and it's really interesting to see an Australian name pop up so often there and, and to see an Australian drag queen be so prolific, not just here, but internationally. Like I've seen you pop up in Instagram stories with Tammy Brown, who's like <laughs> my, my, my favorite. icon. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love Tammy so much. And I was like, Karen for Finance is there? Yeah. Mm. And and I've always wanted to ask, what is your reality really like? Your reality in my head is like, okay. you are at like six gigs internationally, <laughs> locally, you on know, the at the sa- <laughs> yeah. on the same night. So like, I got into drag for one reason and one reason only. I'm sure there was like lots of other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> one reason only Actually, and all these countless But there's only. like one main reason and that is... For free drinks. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's a good fucking reason. I am a party girl. I love to go out. Yeah. I love to get wasted. I found a way that I don't have to pay for it anymore. Yeah. And it is lovely. That is so smart. Lovely, lovely, lovely. <laughs> and it wasn't until after that I realized that there's substance to it. And you, a drag can be a really fabulous this is a thing. I might take in. Yeah, it is a thing. But at, still at the core of it, like I love to get in drag and have a party, right? Mm. And so it doesn't matter who I work with or what venue I'm working at. I want to turn up and I want to have a I want to have a bloody good time Mm. i have been very lucky to make friends with beautiful icons like tammy brown or Mm. someone because she's in it for the same reason you know (laughs) like some of these icons and these huge queens can go out and perform for tens of thousands of people but at the end of the day they just want to have a sisterly in the dressing room and Mm. you know drink a bottle of nice champagne and get stupid Mm. um and that's why i'm here and I, i love it to pieces i absolutely love it to pieces but of course with all of that tomfoolery and nonsense 
for you to do it as like a drag queen that hasn't been successful on television or hasn't been mm. successful, you know, in other ways that some other queens might be lucky enough to have been, you have to work so hard. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, working for yourself is, especially in the creative field, is such like a liberating experience. And so it's a very easy thing for me to, to dedicate my time to, but it means that like you were just working from like the second you wake up to the second yeah. you go to sleep. Mm. And sometimes you don't sleep because you're laying in bed thinking over and over again, oh my God, about like what wig am I going to wear what yeah. song how am I going to mix this what's the story behind? I mean I would say for like every hour that you would maybe see me in drag there is another four hours of admin that's gone into mm. it like getting into drag so <laughs> if you see me at Puff Duff and it's 10 o'clock like I've been out for 10 hours mm. then that's like a 40 hour 40 yeah, yeah. <laughs> admin <laughs> week that's not true <laughs> but you know what I mean right totally. it's just like a lot more admin than there is actual like yeah. Cambry and it's yeah. also like I mean you know I think people sort of pass it off as sort of silly in camp and, mm. and, and and maybe because it's part of the gay scene it in some people's perspective is even lower than if you were performing on the mainstream circuit or something like mm-hmm. that but yes the makeup is a huge amount of work and the wigs and all that sort of stuff mm. but you've also got to make sure you've got gigs coming up in the future because yeah. you've got to pay your bills and you've got to pay your rent and you've got to buy the new wigs and that sort of stuff Do all so the making things. sure that you've I assume making sure that you've got all that stuff lined up six months down the track yeah. is uh, quite a stressful element of it as well yeah and that's what makes like partying and drag so fun is it's like as much as drag is the job mm. also it's like I can get loose and have fun at the gig because I'm letting my hair down after working mm. so hard during the week trying to organise everything Yeah, and you're right like having enough like fresh content fresh looks and like a fresh approach to everything Mm. is yeah it's it's mm. time consuming and exhausting but also it's like it's no different to any other job that someone yeah. is like totally passionate about and yeah. is That's committed cool. yeah. to well yeah. it was similar when mm. you said I got into working into mental health for the free drinks <laughs> as well <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> I always find like you know there's always going to be like a drunk middle aged woman that comes up to you and says ah oh, how long does it take you to do your yeah. makeup and it's like well how long does it take you to drive to work in the morning mm. you have to sit on a freeway for an hour and a half Yeah, I get to sit in front of the mirror with a cup of tea or a glass of champagne much much better listening to the gays are revolting (laughs) (laughs) and in previous episodes we've spoken about how RuPaul's Drag Race being this huge thing has impacted local drag around the world how do you think it's impacted Australian local drag Uh, nothing has ever had more of an impact of course Mm. you know I hear stories about when Priscilla Queen of the Desert came out all those years ago it had a huge impact on the drag community especially in Mm -hmm. Australia Mm. Um, and nothing has impacted it as much as since RuPaul's Drag Race has Mm. come out obviously you've seen a shift in the style of performance and the approach to drag from drag performers but I think more so it's changed the audience's expectations and perceptions Mm -hmm. of what drag is so as much as I think that performers have changed the way that they approach a show it's not necessarily because of Drag Race it's because of the audience's reaction to Drag Race Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's got a lot to do with like people's interest in music taste and like the Mm -hmm. way modern day music has gone as well like Mm -hmm. if you look at what is popular on the radio now compared to what was popular on the radio 20 years ago you know we're all listening to Nicki Minaj and Cardi B and dropping around like it's hot and so of course like drag performers have to respond to that so I don't want to always put it all down to RuPaul's Drag Race but that's obviously a a major player Mm. definitely one of the specific things I'm interested to hear your opinion on there's a lot of debate I see on Facebook and Twitter with Australian drag queens especially Mm -hmm. Melbourne drag queens and Sydney drag queens about the whole tipping uh, I was going to say oh, tipping too. Culture. I was like, yeah. why so, they tip? Yeah. For listeners that are 
aware in the, in the States, quite often a queen won't get paid to perform at a venue. She'll get tips from the audience and they'll come up to the stage and hand her dollar notes or whatever. Mm. Some drag queens are keen to adopt that model here in Australia. Do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. It is a terrible, terrible good. idea. I'm glad you agree. Uh, in America, it's fine. Yeah. But everything like, in America you tip for. Literally everything, yeah. isn't it? it, it <laughs> yeah. It's their culture. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, it, and it works yeah. over there. It works over there. But uh, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that drag is so different wherever you are mm. in the world. Like uh, in the US, yeah, it's all about tipping. They do, they perform for 10 minutes plus and they, yeah. you know, they'll do like a dance break and then get mm-hmm. tips and dance break and tip and whatnot. Mm. Whereas in the UK, oh my goodness, I was just watching Mary Mack. Oh yeah, I was about to ask you about Mary Mack. A couple so, of yeah, weeks yeah, ago, yeah. she did a two and a half hour set yeah. where she didn't leave the stage once. Yeah. She sung the entire thing Amazing live, singing drag. Wow. Stand up comedy. And like she finished with an encore that went for 23 minutes. Amazing. Yeah. And it was one of the most outrageous things I'd ever seen. Yeah. yeah. In my entire life. (laughs) And I thought like, oh my goodness, I feel like, I feel terrible like yeah. i can't go on the stage after watching this yeah but drag is just different you know like they places, would yeah. still people that get tipped for a living as a drag performer people that perform live music and stand up for two hours would come to australia and they would see something totally different mm. again i just think that we have to as drag performers around australia have to realize and accept what they do understand mm. what they do well and just like keep flaunting it, it yeah. smashing mm. it yeah yeah I'm, I'm quite against the drag the tipping culture for two reasons. One is when I went to the States and was watching it, I was like watching this amazing, serious number of this drag queen doing yeah. this like ballad and then people coming up and giving her notes. And so yeah. she'd have to stop the number and sort of take, yeah. Her, yeah. take the notes. That would be horrible. And st- stick it also, down I feel like it's so kind of odd just taking like a dollar note or something yeah, in America. Yeah. It's like, oh. But then the other thing is, I think the young queens that are trying to get it going in Australia are yeah. thinking, oh, well, I'm getting paid from the venue and then I'm getting tips from yes. the crowd. But and I would caution them. It's going to tip. Yeah, <laughs> like, as tip the soon as the venue owners see you getting tips they're going to stop paying you and start yeah, saying well that's dangerous. your chance to get tips yeah. they stop paying you it's not our responsibility and then if you have a shit night as we, you know Karen we, we've all done a gig where you know you rock up and for whatever reason there's yeah. 10 people there instead of the 200 yes. that were there the week before if that happens to be a shit night it's not on the venue to yeah. be promoting it it's no. on you to be making sure there's people mm. there to it's definitely you. better to be yeah. paid more by the venue and it uh, triggers my OCD seeing all that fucking money on oh, the ground yeah. do you see the and people get so aggressive I've it. been to a few shows yeah. and they're like yelling out at the queen like ah yeah, like take my money. But yeah, well, I could so tell you some horror. The you know the very first number. I, I think no, it was the second number I ever performed in the US. Uh, I did it on a little stage. I did a seven-minute number, and I was collecting tips. I was getting paid well, and I was dumping them on the stage so I could keep performing. Yeah. Um, oh, but no. it was like the middle of summer, and there was an air conditioner on, oh, and no. the, yes. like, oh. the exhaust van or whatever you call it was sucking the money oh, no, off I the know. stage. I thought you were going to say it was blowing them into the crowd. No. And so when I finished, I was like, uh, oh, oh, there's nothing here. Oh, shit. You couldn't get yeah. it out. <laughs> Oh, no. Now, speaking of Mary Mack, which mm. who is a wonderful Scottish drag queen in the UK, yes. I've heard rumours she might be hitting Drag Race UK. Do you know anything about that? I can honestly say no, I don't know. Okay. I've heard a lot of things about yeah. Drag Race UK. Are you excited for it? I'm so excited about it. Uh, the rumours that I heard while I was over there is that Drag Race UK is about to smash Drag Race US out mm. of the park. Okay, wow. It's about to light a fire under the US, okay. yeah. um, under their asses, and really like show them how it's done somewhere else in the world and Amazing. done properly. Well, I guess the, the obvious next question is, we know RuPaul loves Australia, mm-hmm. his partner's from Perth. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll ever get an Aussie version of the show? Uh, and who would you put on it if you, <laughs> besides yourself, obviously? I... I I think that it's highly 
likely that Australia will get a drag race, and I think it's highly likely that it will happen soon. Yeah, oh, right. really? Yeah. An actual Ooh. drag race or a drag show that's not necessarily a drag race? An actual drag race. Oh, exciting. Ooh. Can uh, I post You heard it here first. <laughs> Granny. Absolutely, can you can. I post that on Reddit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never see it because there is nothing I stay like, more clear of than, than Reddit. Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have no <laughs> idea. But go wild. Yeah. Um, well, who would, you, who would you cast in an Australian drag race? Oh, goodness. I don't know. I would love you? to. I, I'd love to see like a lot of the full-time girls girls doing it. I'd love to see Hannah Conda from Sydney. Yep. I'd love to see Filmer and Art from Melbourne. Oh my God, yeah. I'd love to see Wounds from Adelaide. I she love Wounds. She's an incredible little performer. Yeah. Wounds needs to tour. Uh, yeah, I, I'd love uh, Scarlett Adams from Perth. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. Volley in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Miscellaneous from Darwin. She'd yep. be incredible. I'd my lo- vote's Miss Candy, obviously. Oh, She's my sure. favourite. <laughs> uh, I mean, she'd be Tom, kicked out the first Would you runner. ever consider going on as like a granny? Would I go on Drag Race as a granny? Yeah. If someone wants to offer me a position on Drag Race to go on there, and do a cheap knockoff of Barry Humphreys, does, then oh, yeah, absolutely, I'll does do Edith it. Edith Vale have versatility? Edith Vale, oh yeah. She was a seamstress before the war. Yeah. I can't even think what oh, challenges man. we would... Yeah. What challenges would Something we Vegemite do related. Yeah. Australian drag race. <laughs> it would just be the same, wouldn't it? It would just be with the like, and, and you're right, no, that there are like... people like Filmer and stuff who are incredibly talented. Like, mm-hmm. I would say she's more talented at sewing than any contestant that's ever been on Drag Race before. I mean, Filmer's more known for her, like, craft skills like yes, she can she yeah, can yeah. build sets and props and things yeah. better than anybody else i know yeah mm. but uh, yeah everyone's got their quirky little talents but also i can't imagine the like the bitchiness as well oh, yeah, the claws coming out yeah. from australia oh my goodness yeah because like the american one america's so big and they're so far apart from each other that they might vaguely know who someone else yeah. is the australian one is like every drag queen in australia knows every other drag queen yeah. in australia regardless of what city you're from so yeah. they'll definitely have history and- the outlook that i have for australian drag I don't care about the bitchiness of drag queens, but I think that Australian drag race, everyone is so nice to each other and our sisters, <laughs> but I think the second they press record, yeah. it, the, the, the country will be turned upside It'll down. It'll be like the comment Inside section on out. a drag queen's Facebook oh. post on a Tuesday when they're all coming down and they're all like yeah. ganging up on someone. Yeah, yeah, wow. real nasty. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> so you've also been to RuPaul's Drag Con, which is a economy of itself Mm. like the money that gets spent there and i think it's like the last three years Mm -hmm. that you've presented um you've been on panels there as well you also posted a boomerang of you entering the drag race workroom could you teach me how to use boomerang (laughs) on my instagram because i don't know Uh, no what did it what was it like to to actually walk into that iconic room that so many gay boys have watched Mm -hmm. for hours and hours well, you don't want to see behind the curtain, you know? Like, right. oh, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to see behind the curtain because drag is an illusion. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as you tear that away and you tear something that on, like, that's huge away, like, he is not pretty anymore. Yeah. Like, uh, when, you know, the, cl- the doors close at 5 p.m. on a Sunday and the queen's wigs come off and the shoes disappear <laughs> and everything starts getting torn apart, it's like... Oh my god! It's like a hurricane of disaster. (laughs) There's kind of a beautiful story. I mean, as I said before, we we lived together for a while. I remember you telling me about when you'd first started doing drag and you were hosting drag race screening parties at Mm. our house. Yep. And then you moved it to a bar, and that sort of got bigger and bigger. And that was sort of some of your first professional gigs, if if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a really beautiful story that 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 sort of was drag race was very much guiding you when you first started out and was the first gigs you were doing to then now be going over to the states and not only performing but hanging out with all of these drag race contestants and I think you even met RuPaul mm. 
herself. It's kind of Ooh. beautiful. Yeah, I have a very lovely relationship with Drag Race. I yeah. really, I really like it, and uh, I feel like we've complemented each other very well like, mm. on the path. Yeah. Mm. Did you all touch those fake walls? You know how they make it look like brick. But <laughs> oh yeah. Like well, a, this is uh, Luke, this is what I mean about like you don't want to look behind the curtain because Shut yes, <laughs> it was a cool boomerang, but like I wasn't actually in the room. <laughs> it was just like a it was just like a fake wall that was set up at DragCon so that you could do social media moments. Right. Oh sweet. Um, yeah. Um, we and, have one of those as well. Uh, if you want to post it, <laughs> and that's part of the like, you don't want to have that illusion torn away. You totally. know, you want that TV set to be a fantasy world. You don't want to know what absolutely it's my, really like. My dad forced me to watch the making of. Jurassic Park because it was my favourite film as a child Mm -hmm. and so he made me watch that and when I realised none of the stuff was real suddenly like the magic was gone that's what starts making you become a bad person things like that Um, so we mentioned before Karen that you'd actually met RuPaul that's so exciting is there anyone else besides RuPaul first of all how was that and is there any other drag queens that were like really amazing to me like impact iconic (laughs) Uh, well first of all RuPaul meeting is like a that's a strong word (laughs) (laughs) we've got I've come across RuPaul twice first time was last year just before DragCon opened uh, Ru and Michelle Versage are in like a golf buggy what do you call oh, yeah, them yeah, yeah. you know those things and they yeah, drive yeah. around like the, the golf cart like yeah. checking out the booths but they do it in the cart so that no one can stop well, them like the Pope <laughs> yeah, like yeah. That, like, just like the Pope exactly I was with my, my boyfriend and we were walking down like the pink carpet and they drove past and Michelle pointed at me and said look there's Karen from finance <gasps> and oh. Rue turned and went, Oh wow. And they kept driving. <laughs> like I, an animatronic thing in Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. I was wearing a khaki dress and I pissed myself. Oh. <laughs> wow. Um, and then this year, another Melbourne girl, Art Simone and I were booked to perform in the main stage at DragCon. And when we got there, we looked at the line, the lineup and the DJ before us was RuPaul. Oh. So it was like, oh my God, RuPaul was DJing and then <laughs> we were taking over the stage. And what? so we were like backstage waiting for Ru to finish DJing, which Rue decided she was having a good time. And You're like, no rush, it's she, fine. <laughs> yeah, well, they told us, oh, you got to wait till Rue finishes. She decided to DJ for three hours oh, instead of one. Jesus. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> and had like 20 bodyguards there <gasps> to fill in the time. Uh, her manager said, oh, Rue wants you to do like a runway. And so oh. me and Art Simone got up while RuPaul was DJing and did the runway. That's so And Rue cool. got on the microphone, like called us out and said uh, hello. And we're chatting. And then backstage, we had like a fleeting moment <gasps> oh, where wow. she, we wow. said hi. And That's she better. is a very tall woman. Yeah. yeah. She's a tall that. person. Mm. Um, yeah. How's Trixie? I love Trixie. <laughs> <laughs> she is a dreamboat. She uh, is so much fun. She seems so Yeah. Funny. She is like everything that she comes across as. Yeah. She's exactly great. how you would imagine. She's um, like loves drag more than anyone I've probably ever mm. met. So much fun to be around. So funny and yeah. such a hard worker. Mm. Have there been any assholes that you would like to call out <gasps> on our podcast Ooh. and tell us how awful they were? Spilled the tea. There have been many assholes, <laughs> but none that I'd like to call out on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon and find out. <laughs> uh, no, I couldn't. Yeah. No, fair enough. But And you're also just about to do your own solo tour, which mm-hmm. is very exciting. Ah! I am the out of office tour, which is a great uh-huh. name for your oh, show. Awesome. And that's kicking off in September. Yeah. Which is scarily close. It's Oof. like four and a half weeks away. Um, what can audiences expect? Uh, well, it's uh, it's like an hour. It's like a 60 to 75 minute solo show. <laughs> Definitely not a spoken word piece. It's a huge like mixed media, multimedia mashup of like videos and lip syncs and dialogue and lots and lots of comedy. 
but it's a feminist piece. Yeah. It's like 100% narrative driven. The synopsis, if you so wish, it starts on a Monday morning like any other. <laughs> Karen arrives at work very early <laughs> and she gets pulled aside by her boss and told that she has too much annual leave accrued and that she needs to go on holiday. This is actually my life. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, it's very relatable. Very. <laughs> uh, so he kicks her out of the office for four months and tells her to go away and she doesn't want to. So she goes out, gets super wasted <laughs> and wakes up after a four-month bender and needs to find her way back to the office to keep her job. <laughs> and in doing so, needs to learn that there's more to her than just her office life and Aww. that she's a, she's a strong, independent, fierce female. What a beautiful story. It sounds yeah. like a point-and-click adventure game. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and it's selling it. like crazy. You've already sold out your first Melbourne show. You've added a second one, which is about to sell out as well. And I'm assuming the other states are doing selling pretty well too. Yeah, it's, it's, selling, it's selling really well. Melbourne's about two shows in Melbourne are about to sell out. We're about mm-hmm. to show out our second show in Sydney. But uh, yeah, the other the other cities have heaps of tickets still left. Well, if people want to get some of those tickets, where do they go? Yeah, come along. It's at <laughs> karenfromfinance.com. <laughs> that easy. How easy. Oh, right? So Perfect. easy. Very memorable. It's also the best name because no one has ever taken the domain yeah. handle. <laughs> so crazy. Good. Like, I got it straight away. Such a good name. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Well, Karen, thanks so much uh, for joining us. You're going to hang around and have a bit of a chat with us on our other topics. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for Thanks, thanks for having me. Bye, but hello. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so back in 1967, oh. the influential jazz musician. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then we're going to call about... We're going to need another bottle. <laughs> One thing I wanted to talk about tonight, and I do worry bringing this topic up that it is going to sound ridiculously self-absorbed. And <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I've always thought of you as self-absorbed. <laughs> like, so it's not more so than anything. usual. But... um. The other night, and I messaged you guys about this, but I left out the yeah. topic part of it, mm. is I decided for some stupid reason to like update my sexy photo portfolio. Oh, yes, yeah, oh yeah. I remember this question. Yeah, you know, you have like a collection of go-tos <laughs> in case you ever need them. Yours is from and 1994. Yeah, my <laughs> sepia <Polaroids>, yeah. <laughs> And I thought it was really funny because when I first looked at it, I didn't realize... I was standing in front of a mirror and I had selfie mode on. Wait, I'm getting to a point of <laughs> And there was a mirror behind oh, me. That is 
the most and terrifying thing. So when I looked at it, I'd created that like inception. Yeah. Like, inception. When yeah. you see your body from a weird angle, you've never seen it before and yeah. you have to like take a day off work. Yeah. So <laughs> like, at first I was like, this is so funny. I messaged the boys. I messaged these guys being like, this is hilarious. There's like 40 of my butt in a <laughs> jock strap in this photo. It's incredible. I mean, that's some guy's dream. <laughs> no, but then I looked at it again and went, holy shit. And it dawned on me that at the speed of light, I'm hurtling towards my mid-30s. Like, I made fun of you even in the introduction of the show. Yeah. With your (laughs) age. And it's something I think we're sort of always conscious of is that as gay men, we're always kind of approaching a certain standard of Mm. the way we appear, Mm -hmm. where we're supposed to be at life at Mm -hmm. certain points, and how we're supposed to look at those points in life. And what I realize is being Asian, I'm a acquired taste in the first place. Mm. <laughs> and getting older is not doing me any favors. But isn't because you're Asian, you age at a much slower rate? Yeah, but one day <laughs> that's going to fuck me up. Oh, real bad. And it all comes that's to you at once. It hits you at once. <laughs> you know, I started trying to amp up my like, self confidence, going, oh, we've got daddies now. Daddies yeah. are a thing. Dad bod's a thing. And realize, oh, I don't even have that you know our lives are so hypersexual it got pointed out in a question last week that we talk about it way too much yeah and the main fear i had was like who the fuck is going to listen to this show once people stop wanting to fuck me yeah (laughs) do you know what i mean like once that is gone and once that appeal has left this vessel such a good question where so funny where where do we go as gay men and 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 how do we make me feel better yeah. about it? <laughs> it's like, well, you want us to solve this problem. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is a really good question. I, I, I've been going through a similar thing recently. I've, as you've probably noticed, and we've talked about, I'm not really mm-hmm. doing so much of the clubbing. You know, it used to be sort of every weekend I'd be out at, at yeah. Poof Doof or the Peel or whatever till it closed and, uh-huh. and getting maggots and that sort of stuff. It's become a lot more about like, you know, still drinking and having fun and catching <laughs> up with people, but dinners and, how, and going to people's houses or having people over to my house and stuff. But I don't know how to be a gay on the gay scene and not get fucked up at clubs yeah. and mm. stay there until they're closed. And I don't I don't know what my life is without that. Is that really <laughs> <Yeah>. tragic? No. <laughs> it feels like there's this tipping point where at some point you get a dog and yeah. you buy a property yeah. and you start going to auction houses mm. <laughs> and, and you know, and you be, you become that type of mm. gay yeah. man. And and mm. I don't know when that flip happens and I've seen it happen to friends of mine. Mm. Yeah. Do you think it's you maybe feel it more because you're single as well? Does that is buy, oh. become part of it? Oh, absolutely. Like also tied into this topic is like how much mm. we value ourselves on how fuckable yeah, I guess yeah. we are two people. Absolutely. And as you get older, that that is a like dwindling market for yeah. a lot of people. Mm. I think that we have a perception that it is, but I don't think that that's true. I think I, that's I what think I'm sort of is. learning as I get older. No, I think we, we think that when people get older, they don't fuck as much, but they I, definitely do. I feel do. like it's <laughs> more. No, they, There's so many daddies out there that are just I th- constantly... I think as you get older, you do fuck as much as you do as you're younger. And I'm yeah. sorry to the person that I said last week we would talk about walks on the beach and not... <laughs> <laughs> but you just need to hop onto our app and you can... S- literally yeah. see people saying do not talk to me if you were over 32 yeah but yes. you can also and, see people saying don't talk to me if you're under 32 you know uh, I know but I see much more of the yeah. other <laughs> and I'm thinking like what happens at 32 mm. like what happened to me at 32 that suddenly the gay grim reaper comes <laughs> he's wearing a robe of pink <laughs> and he takes your life away what perception is there of gay men in their 30s that mm. is so yeah. undesirable I have often heard 30 is like the gay death 
I think definitely I had this perception from working in retail and seeing kind of older gay men working retail. I used to always have this fear that I could not let that be me. Like obviously my perceptions have changed and like I've become more comfortable with everything, but I just had this very narrow minded view of like, oh no, this is what all gay men will turn into. This mm. like what, um, retail assistants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like old, old style advisors. And that was scary to me. I don't yeah, know but, why. Um, but we had Miss Candy in a, a little yeah. while ago and, and she's an older gay man man that works in fashion yeah and no i would that's great turn out to and absolutely and there some- <laughs> i was so scared was i was cowering in the corner no i don't have those same views now i'm just yeah. saying for some reason i just really focused on that maybe because i was working I think retail probably myself. part of that is that we kind of missed a whole generation yes. of people mm-hmm. because of the aids epidemic that would have been in that place to sort of teach us what it's like when you get older yeah. and how to get older as a gay mm-hmm. man and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff and also the picture that we were when we were kids the picture that was painted of mm-hmm. older gay men was a very lonely very sad and uh, usually short-lived mm-hmm. image that we were told happens when you get older as yeah. gay men. And, and, and we're now discovering that that's absolutely not true, Definitely. that that was a, a really nasty picture that was painted for us yeah. in the media. I, I was petrified of turning 30, absolutely mm. petrified. The last couple of years have kind of been fucking amazing. And I was sort yeah. of saying to like, just not give a shit about stuff that I used to give a shit about before. Mm-hmm. I'm also very lucky to have some close older friends that have shown me that, you know, you, yeah. you can absolutely keep partying. Um, I'm learning the importance of being part of a physical mm-hmm. LGBTI community mm. more and more as I get older. Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> I don't feel like I, I'm I'm 31 now, and I okay. don't feel like I care as much about yeah. being fuckable anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I'm in like a, like I'm in a long term relationship now, but when I was growing up and when I was in my teens and early 20s, I guess being fuckable was the priority because mm. that's all I knew being gay to be. Yeah. Exactly. Because I didn't have I didn't have any influences or like I didn't have any gay people to mm-hmm. aspire to be like. Yeah. The only only gay people I knew were the ones that at the club that I'd get wasted with and 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 go home with. Yeah, yeah. Being fuckable was really important. But as I've grown older, more confident in myself, and and had more pride in being mm-hmm. a gay person, I feel like being fuckable is so much lower down yeah. on the important scale. Whereas being part of a community is mm-hmm. so much yeah. more important. Absolutely and having agree. friends and and being involved yeah. that that's all I care about now. Mm. Yeah, I remember being early twenties. Thirty was just such like a, a doomsday. Thing thing yeah. coming and I was like I couldn't fathom like getting to that age even though I was sexually attracted to that age and that's yeah. what I normally go mm. for now approaching 30 I'm 28 now like I'm not really phased by it yeah. it's it's like okay that's great like I just so many people around me and, like and you maybe guys it's because you sort are, of get over that bullshit yeah, yeah you get you you mature and like I have so many friends like you guys you in that kind of age group yeah and like I like you, you I wouldn't say friends but uh, oh. <laughs> you're so <laughs> mean to him they're so mean Karen stay <laughs> yeah and you kind of just learn that that's fine and there's like you do yeah. find other aspects of your life that Absolutely. you can find more interesting and you grow into mm. and you find yourself caring way less about like the really like trivial shit yeah. and yeah I'm really actually just enjoying finding who I am as I'm going and becoming more comfortable with all aspects of my life yeah. I think Tom like you said we grew up with being old and gay that seemed like a miserable thing yeah, well, to we be were told that's what yeah. we were told we were yeah. told that, that that was you don't want that whereas as we are now getting older and we're saying actually we do want that mm. and we, we I want to do that and be happy like that yeah that, that yeah that you do want to aspire to be that mm. a lot more yeah mm. i think you really hit the nail on the head what you were saying karen is my mentality growing up because i had no role models yeah. and no positive reinforcement from society the only kind of positive reinforcement mm. i got was sex yeah and that was how i i perceived that i was doing well within the community yes. and at some stage 
I think it applies more to people with our generation. Sorry, Kyle. That's fine. More specifically, because we all have to do this kind of mind shift or mindset change where we go, that isn't important anymore. Or mm, like, yeah. that isn't what the game is about. Mm. Or that's not what life is about. And we meet a lot of really young LGBT individuals through the show. And I, it just boggles my mind that they've already reached that point. Yeah. yeah. Mentally, oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to so fucking yeah. key your car. <laughs> <laughs> Slash your damn tires. That's why I'm going to turn out to be an old bitter gay because I'm going to be so angry at how well the kids are doing. How, yeah, yeah. How balanced they are. Who, yeah. If you could say now who their older gay icon or role model would be, like, do you guys have any? Mine's um, Ricky Martin. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize. That's just <laughs> fucked up. What is that? <laughs> that's but what I want to be when I'm older. Oh, he's not. Oh, he's older. He's but older like, that's you, what yeah. I would like to be. <laughs> um, mine was always uh, Adam Adam Richard from um, Talking Puffy. Uh, oh, okay. Our predecessors. Wow. Yeah. I feel like he sort of really took me under his wing, and I learned a lot about how to respect people in the physical space and, mm. and how to be a good person in the yeah. community, I guess. So. I think the turning point for me to find like an older gay person in my life mm. that I was inspired by for the first time. So I had a, a gay uncle that I kind of knew about growing up, but mm -hmm. I didn't know him. Yeah. And uh, the family really had nothing to do with him. He, he died years and years ago mm. and I was taken to his funeral yeah and i got to meet older gay men for the first oh, time in true. my life yeah. and they were playing like videos on the screen of him in drag and all of his friends were there and some of them were there in drag and this was like a whole generation and a whole community of people that i not only didn't know existed yeah. but also didn't know that like i was a part of yeah, and that the they time, had yeah. come before me in my family mm -hmm. i made some friends there that i i unfortunately don't speak with anymore but for like a period of time after mm. the funeral we i stayed friends with these with these guys and would go out for sunday drinks that's and so cool for the first time had that intergenerational connection yeah. and yeah. that 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 blew me out of the water yeah, that's yeah. amazing that's really good i was just gonna say tom's oh, <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for someone to make that joke i know i was like who's gonna <laughs> oh. take oh. who's gonna take that easy gag So exciting news for myself and all the other middle-aged women uh, across Australia. The TV show Sea Change is oh, coming back. <laughs> By the time this airs, it will have aired its first episode. For anyone that doesn't recall, it was a television show in the 90s. Nope. And uh. Uh, it's been 20 years and it's coming back for a, a renewal. They're bringing all the characters back uh, 20 years on. And it got me thinking because um, I remember like the first time I realised I was attracted to a man. Oh. There was this character in it. Have any of you ever watched Sea Change? Diver even... Dan? No, it wasn't Diver Dan. It was Angus, her assistant, who was played uh... by Tom Long. Absolutely stunning. And I don't know if you've seen recently in, in the media, but he's actually been really quite sick, very unwell with cancer. And he's ended up flying over to the States to get this new treatment. And it's it looks like it's, it's actually saved his life. It's really helping him out. But it was just, I, I started thinking, oh, wow, that was like when I was a kid, he was like this 20 something year old surfy dude on television. <laughs> and I would like get a little stiffy and have to put a, <laughs> a cushion on my lap when he was oh, like God. rocking up to the courthouse in Sea Changer wow. in wow. his swimwear. And then, and then sort of now 20 years on, like seeing him going through all this sort of shit. Yeah, it got me thinking about like, our childhood crushes and <laughs> I always what thought, made us realise that we were attracted oh, to men or who were the, our secret I always secret. thought Sea Change was a house flipping show oh, no no, no. no. 
Warren. Don't worry, I'm not going to force you to talk about sea change for the whole. Thank you. I love the topic, but I want to know who who was it that you you know that you sort of started realizing? Oh shit, maybe I'm a little bit. My other one was Daniel Johns from Silverchair. He was mine. Yeah, really. Yes. Is he the guy who married Gwyneth? Wait, no. No, he married Natalie Imbruglia, but they're divorced now. For me, the thing with Daniel Johns is that I didn't know that I was in love with him. Right. Because I think Tomorrow came out when I was six. Yeah. And then it was years in... It wasn't until Diorama... I think it must have been 2004, because Diorama came out in 2002, and then he got really sick. 2004, they came back and performed live, and I choked on myself. Yeah. So I was like, I'm in love with you. Yeah. (laughs) I don't just like your music. I'm obsessed. And there was something also... So Daniel Johns was lead singer of Silverchair, the band. Have you ever heard of them, Kyle? Yes, yes, I have. (laughs) He didn't really conform to masculine stereotypes as well. There was something quite androgynous about his look, uh, especially during like neon ballroom era and that sort of stuff that I found, I think, quite attractive. Yeah, he was very androgynous, well, yeah. very, very femme. Yeah. And um, and never really would confirm his sexuality as well. No. You always see these stories. He used to apparently go to Q&A uh, when it oh, first totally. started. Oh, yeah. totally. I mean, he performed his second album tour, The Freak Show. Yeah. He did it in drag. Yeah. yeah. He wore a dress on that tour. That was mm. 1997. Amazing. And had that famous photo shoot in the TV, T-shirt that said, nobody knows I'm a lesbian. Because <laughs> everyone was asking about his sexuality, so he wore his t-shirt saying he was a lesbian. What a jokester. Who was yours? I think I mentioned it at the live show, but I fucked it up because I got the name wrong. But I remember distinctly being a kid and seeing the music video for Rock DJ by Robbie Williams. Oh, oh that's, right. He, oh, that's right. You said yeah, and I said Robin Williams Robin and everyone Williams. laughed because yeah. they thought I meant I was sexually attracted to Jeannie, which almost Doubtfire, yeah. which I was not. <laughs> yeah, Robbie Williams. And I remember yeah. always seeing it, like side-eyeing it. And then you had to do that whole thing when you pretend you're not watching, but you're like very desperately very watching. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh God, like he's literally stripping. I'm not allowed to watch yeah. this. There were other feelings, I think, with like friends or something. I remember there was some yeah. scene with Joey and he was like oh, shirt- yeah. oh he was shirtless and I was like oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I know look I'm not proud <laughs> no I um, was the same oh really I, okay I then I'm proud to see Joey shirtless <laughs> Joey yeah he was like the hot one it's yeah it's just funny because like I'd never I guess I've really never if, ever seen older like I guess like we're talking with one of the previous topics in tonight's episode I'd never seen older kind of role models so I didn't know that people were out there living as gay so I didn't really know what it was mm-hmm. but I was just like yeah that's kind of hot I do also have this defining moment that I remember I think I was in year nine in high school mm-hmm. it was an all-boys school back in South Africa the whole class got given this exercise to do and it was like this whole list of weird things you had to do like stand on your chair yell at the top of your lungs blah 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 the first sentence at the top was disregard all the instructions after this so if you were smart you would just go to sleep at your desk no you're, you're remembering it wrong I know this test at the you know, top it yeah, says yeah. the first one is read through all of the instructions yes, before beginning carefully. any of the instructions so it was a whole exercise and then it says stand on your chair blah, blah, blah. and then the very last one was disregard all instructions yes, from number right. two to number yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever so it was just like an exercise yeah. for the class to follow instructions I just remember having this defining moment sitting next to this boy named Taylor and it, one of the exercises was to like stand up and look at the person next to you and just give them like a warm smile yeah. and I remember he stood up and he just like gave me this really goofy smile probably meant nothing to him and I just remember feeling this little like flutter this little like tingle and I guess from there on out he was was cute yeah Yeah. and then I guess he kind of did become my crush yeah and I was always kind of maybe a bit nicer to him and maybe always kind of like sensing trying to feel like Mm. was he treating me any different like was he friendly to me but yeah I don't know it was just something stupid like that but it just kind of always stuck with me Mm. um I talked in a live I had weird ones because I was obsessed with Casper the friendly ghost oh that's right yeah for some reason was romantically invested <laughs> in Casper's dead boy. life. And 
The other one, which is also really weird, which I don't want to get into, was I had a weird sexual attraction to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I don't oh, know, I don't know who, why. Who, who in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? No the one kids. in particular. Oh, just, just the movie. Just right. the concept. Like, the giant I, ant. <laughs> the, the like first ever wet dreams I ever had oh, wow. were actually Honey, I Shrunk the Kids right. themed. Oh, wow. Actually, the real like gag of this story is that I never developed one of those stepping... Fetishes that we discussed. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Last week, getting stomped on. Yeah, because I used to have wet dreams about that all the time as wow. a child. I do remember as a kid pretending to be really into sports, mm. so I could borrow my sister's magazines whenever Cleo had an interview uh, with swimmers yeah. and things like that. And I think that was one of the few areas where it was safe for like young gay boys to see the male yes. body. You're so oh, right. So I remember all the time borrowing my girlfriends, like I go around to girlfriends' places and read their like Cleo and their. Dolly Doctor things and they'd be talking about like how to have sex and that sort of stuff and I was like yeah. oh my god like oh, I just, yeah. just ignore Raunchy. the bits about being a woman I, and, and I can and this is like information for me that it was I like can, a gateway yeah. it was Google yeah. um, before Google <laughs> and it's this weird theory I, like I'm going on a bit of a tangent but I have this weird theory that because as young men uh, we didn't have much access to the male form yeah. mm-hmm. and it wasn't like as broadly visible mm. as like the female form. Yeah. I think that plays into part of why gay men are so active mm. in social media and in the kind of first Show- trap. Like showcasing the male Show- form. Yeah. <laughs> because I remember growing up and being like, there's no public place. Yeah. There was no appreciation That's- for that mm. because... Being I so agree like, with that because I remember having underwear packaging as a oh, kid. Yeah. Oh. Was that like a, that was like one of like the first things for sure? Because you would see like a dude with like six pack and like yeah, underwear I totally remember being and fifteen I'd... and I worked at like Woolworths as a trolley boy and I'd purposely walk down the aisle, the yeah. aisle to have a look at and the then, undies yeah. packets. Like you'd like keep the cutouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's so funny. It was that or that. like the Gillette razors. <gasps> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like filmed Man the Wizard of Oz or something, recorded a VHS and you'd play yeah. like the ads in slow motion. Lovely. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like as much as I hate thirst trap culture, yeah. in a lot yeah, of ways I think so of true. it and go like, oh no, because when we grew up, this is really dumb as well, but my dad had a book of black and white portraiture photos oh, from yes. like the 1940s <laughs> and like nude tasteful photos, nudes. <laughs> tasteful nudes. Yeah. And they were all like the Venus yeah. women and, and the more shapely women of that time. Mm-hmm. But there were maybe two photos of men <laughs> in that book. And they were cut out of that, that book. Would, <laughs> that I would masturbate the hell yeah. <laughs> to. Oh God. But I remember thinking, these are the only places we get to see the male body. Yeah. yeah. Back in the 90s in or when we were young, <laughs> we get to see the male body appreciated yeah. in a sort of, aesthetic Mm. way is underwear packaging (laughs) sports people and that's kind of it Mm. and the occasional music video appearance if Kylie's doing something (laughs) Um, so I think it's kind of great now that we have this platform and I think it's why some of us sort of react to like we want to be visible we we have these bodies and, and they've not really been public for so long and that's my like conspiracy theorist mm. of why gay men are like so big in the thirst trap mm-hmm. Instagram culture. Yeah. culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's programmed. Um, the other interesting thing about that time of your life when you start realizing that you're actually attracted to those actors or singers, you, you Daniel Johns yeah. or you ta- the Hansons. I was very, <laughs> very into the Hansons, not Isaac, but the other two. Is that you sort of start realizing that the women you thought, well, for me at least, the women I thought that I was attracted to, the I had are basically my Jerry <laughs> Halliwell poster up in my bedroom and because she was hot. And then I realized, oh no, I'm not attracted to her sexually or physically. Idolize I her. 
find her appeal. I idolize her. I find her camp and appealing. And at Buffy, I think Buffy and Buffy was a lot Sarah of Michelle Gellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For oh, wow. a very yeah. long time. For me, it was Christina Aguilera in <gasps> oh, yeah. the Dirty. Yes. Oh, with like oh, the yeah. assless chaps. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were between houses. Low rise and, bumpsters. Oh yeah. wow! And for a small period of time, me and my brothers had our bed set up in my uncle's garage. Oh yeah, uh, which was also my cousin's like boxing rink. Right. And so my bed at the end of the bed was this epic symbol of masculinity of the boxing bag mm. and behind that was a poster of Christina Aguilera from the Dirty Clip oh my yeah. god <laughs> and I used to wait for my brothers to sleep and force myself to masturbate to this yeah. poster because it was the right thing to do <laughs> I yeah. love this and it was torture oh, and now you're carrying some fine I feel like that's really connected <laughs> that's like torture porn like yeah. literally <laughs> I used to do that like torture masturbation all the time trying yeah. to like force myself but I also had like a poster oh. of Silverchair in my Bedroom. Yeah, yeah, and all I wanted to do was think about that. And I was like, so "You're fun. not allowed to do that for another week." You know, yeah. <laughs> no, <interesting>. your treat, <laughs> mm, my treat. Yeah, yeah. what an it's what an awful name, torture masturbation. Yeah, torture. Is that am I allowed to call it that? <laughs> um, uh, look, I, 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 look, it could mean other things as well, but I think it's an apt name for. It. I've never I heard think it be it's called a category before, on red tube. Yeah, it Yeah, I'm mean my own individual thing, but but I it was it was like a technique that I used to try when I was like trying to convert myself and not be gay as a teenager because mm. I was obsessed with all of these male pop stars but I didn't like that I kept kind of masturbating thinking about mm. them and so I would yeah I would force myself I would I, I would set myself challenges or like tasks and mm. say you're allowed to do that but you're not allowed to do it for another week you've, yeah, got, to, right. you've got to push yourself a mm. week you're not allowed to think about any man or any like male pop stars while you masturbate you just only have to think about like Christina and then I, I remember also when I first started this is so off topic <laughs> but I remember when I first started masturbating because I, I worked it out for myself. No one had told me how to do it. Mm. I was worried that maybe you only have a certain amount in you. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Like you could only do you it just a, up to your head in what? Yeah, like, like you've got a certain amount of, of orgasms time. you can have in your life. So oh. I was like trying to space them out so that I didn't have them all at once and I wouldn't be able to have them again. Imagine. <laughs> I don't that. know where that came yeah, from. Cause but yeah, because I actually think about it all the time is like, who taught us to masturbate? Yeah. And like, how Jesus, did we I hope nobody. It? No, because a kid asked me. No, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but it, like this story will never leave my mind is, but JB and I went to a music school mm-hmm. and once a year we had actually literal band camp. We went to band camp one year and there was a kid who was like four years younger than me and we had to share a bunk. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember the exact conversation, but he'd asked me like, what do you do when you get a stiffy? <laughs> like, how do you get rid of it? And I remember being like, I'm the old one. Like, I need to pass on this knowledge. Right. Was someone meant to tell me? Oh, Did I miss this yeah. conversation when I was that age sort of thing? So I told him a few tricks or whatever. But How do you get rid <laughs> of it? What, like a cigar cutter? I was very confused. I was like, oh. what do you mean get rid of it? Jesus. <laughs> but it was a very innocent band camp yeah. conversation. But I still think everyone must learn about masturbation a different way because they're definitely not teaching it to you at like Catholic school or no, whatever. No, it's not part of no. the curriculum. <laughs> And that is a wrap for another episode with the lovely Karen from Finance. Thanks for what joining us, Karen. It yeah, was it's so been much, so much fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. It's so surreal to be here. I'm such a big fan of the show. It was amazing oh, to be thanks, part darling. of it. And Thank you're going to hang around with us for the uh, Patreon episode Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. After show, if anyone that wants to you are subscribed to, so you have to pay to listen to yourself. Yes. <laughs> well, worthwhile. Yay. If anyone wants to uh, listen, what are we chatting about? Uh, we are chatting about drag music this episode. And we've got the perfect knowledge of Karen from Finance's <laughs> brain. Fountain of knowledge. Uh, 
joining us for that. So if you want to have a listen, you can sign up to patreon.com slash gazerevoltingpod. Yeah, and if you don't want to sign up for that, you can just follow us on social media, gazerevoltingpod on Instagram, mm-hmm. or join our Facebook group if you want to talk to us there. Yeah, if you don't that. like that, I have a doctor's appointment next week. You can follow me to that. <laughs> 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 Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. We'll Bye. See you, guys next, <laughs> see you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 